So just firstly, from your perspective, how are Australian working families coping with parenthood today? Um, that's a great question. And one that's actually very topical at the moment, because I think the modern working parent today actually is struggling so much more than the generations before this. And we think, well, why, why is this? And, and what are some of the key points? And, and I think it's twofold. One, the reality is it costs more and more every year to raise a family in Australia. Um, people that have children, you know, in that zero to five age bracket where they're not at school yet would certainly know that the increases in childcare costs alone often outweigh the pay rises they're receiving if they're even lucky to receive a pay rise each year. So the, even the care, basic care costs are going up and that's not including all the other family household costs that many of us know are going up. But it's not just the financial costs that's um, a burden um, for parents. It's the increasing challenge, if you like, of being... Often we have two parents going to work, mm -hmm. and now that's obviously the trend rather than a parent at work and, and a parent at home. And what that means is that most parents, both male and female, both mum and dad, are experiencing the challenge of being a primary carer and all the expectations that come with that, but also a primary earner and breadwinner for their family. Now, that's, that's the challenge that I think is different from the generations before us. That's so you mean that unique. they're sharing? Like before it was the father usually that went out, and now they're both sharing? Generally. So there's nobody really in the house holding the household together, is that so? That's right. I think um, the reality is that, yes, you've got people that, you know, most parents, um, we know that dual-income families um, are at about 65%, make up about 65% of the working um, families. So 65% both are working. Yes, okay. and so that's a shift. That's a significant shift. And so if you have both parents feeling the pressure to be you know, a primary income earner for the family, but also have expectations on them to be also a primary carer at the same time, that's a unique challenge. Because previously, in generations before us, we would have had one person playing the role of breadwinner and one person playing the role of caregiver. So that's, that's significantly shifted. And does the parent, like do we say the fathers, don't they have role models then? Do they find, are they struggling with taking over this role or are they happily to do it? What's your experience when you go out and meet parents? <laughs> I think both men and women, are, to be fair, struggle to combine the two. So the modern working parent, I think, is expected to be what I call an active parent. The, the expectations society have on parents these days are they will be involved in their children's upbringing, they will um, put their child's needs first, um, that you know we need to be seen to be doing the right thing through our children's you know, early years and their schooling and so on and being present. We have an expectation as a society that we will do that. Mm -hmm. But I think we also have an expectation in the society and, and in our workplace that we will equally be present at work and we will provide all that same attention that is needed at work too. And so, you know, how in fact do you start to divide your time between the two? Because we only have the same amount of time that we've always had, but in terms of how we choose to divide it, um, and if we've got these expectations that are much um, greater, if you like, on us to be a carer as well as a worker, then how do we actually make that happen? And, and yes. I think that's the challenge. Then yes. <laughs> <laughs> my question comes, how? Do you know? Do you have sort of any advice? How can that happen? How can that happen? Yes. Well, I think really it's about, and the work that I do is about, at the individual level, helping work with the individual to really think about, well, where am I, where am I at in relation to my working life? 
Um, what, where are my kids' needs at? What does my family need for me right now? What does my workplace need for me right now? And what do I need? So really thinking much more holistically around family, career and well-being and, and putting those three things together to think about, well, at the core of those things, you know, what are the, the primary things I need to be concerned about um, and I need to put my energy and focus on? So I think it is about being purposeful around the things that are really important to you in those categories that I've just mentioned. And then being able to have a critical conversation with yourself, as well as your family and your workplace, to think about communicating. And that's where it gets difficult sometimes, communicating those things that are important to you. So because with what your if partner, you mean? Or, or yes, with your partner or your boss or your friends. Because sometimes, you know, it's not easy to communicate those priorities and you know that they might be in conflict with mm. someone else's. And I actually think that's where it gets tricky. So, you know, there is a point that, you know, us as individuals have to um, do that thinking and prioritise what's important to us. But then as a society, how do we actually make that conversation easier to have? And we can do that by obviously working with organisations um, and thinking about, well, at an organisational level as well as a community level, how can we manage our expectations on our people that are working with us? So, um, for example, in our workplace, we've had to really think about, well, what are the needs of the individuals that come to work every day, yes. parents at work? So one doesn't fit for everyone. Yeah. So like you talk to one like that and one like this. Yes, That's right. Good. And what are the needs of the business? Mm. And actually, how can we come together to... Um, create mutual priorities that are actually going to work and become, you know, um, productive. Create productive outcomes, if you like, for both of us. And I think that, and that's where the conversation needs, I think, needs to shift between workplaces and individuals to create these sort of mutual priorities that are, that are going to work for people. And I think in the past that just hasn't really occurred. You know, an individual's priorities have been sitting far to the left and, you know, far to the right, you know, an organisation. So really what I've been trying to do um, and what we try and do at Parents at Work is try and bridge that gap between organisations and individuals to have that conversation around how you can create mutual priorities that are really going to work for the needs of the individual and the organisation to create that better work-life harmony. Because we know the research tells us when we have that, we have more productive um, organizations, more productive uh, you know, outcomes for those organizations, but we know we have greater work-life happiness as individuals too. And you mentioned before we started talking, because that, that fits in this uh, follow question, uh, follow-on question, that you're going to Sweden. Mm. And you got, is that your first visit to Sweden? It is, Because yes. we do have this good parental system, that, you yes. know, and you, you said you're actually going to go over there and study it. So yes. What's, what's brought this all about then? Yes, so um, part of the, the conversation we wanted to explore you know, and expand in Australia is how do men get better involved in caring um, you know caring for the children and feeling supported to take parental leave and work flexibly because we know the research tells us here that the statistics are very low in Australia so, so do you know only, how high only two percent two percent are stay what, what are they called and or what we call is two percent of, of working fathers would take parental leave in Australia two percent yeah so it's very it's low nothing. compared to Sweden and other Nordic countries and we know that if um, well there's two things how do we help fathers feel that they can be better supported to be more involved in, the, in those early years of their children's lives, both at work and in society? So there's a, there's a, a need there. Definitely. There's a <laughs> yes. um, And because we know that if we can help men 
get um, feel more supported to do that, that's actually not only going to be lovely outcome for them and their children, but that provides opportunity for their partner to actually, you know, return. It provides more opportunity for more women to actually be able to um, act on, more, you know, provide more choices around career and work-life balance for them. Because traditionally, if you've only got 2%, of men taking leave, that means 98% um, potentially, uh, you know. Uh, so then the still women. load is on women. Yes. So if 65%, so that's a, both of them are yes. working, so it's quite a, yes. so more women have gone out working, yes. but it hasn't balanced. So men are still out there working and they're not yes. cutting down. Are they cutting down at all? Like, are they working less hours? Is that happening? Yeah, that's, that's a good question, and I haven't got the research to hand around that. Although we could, we can actually say that working hours for men and women are, are actually. Um, not getting better, actually, they're getting worse. The, the general st- research would say that our um, working hours are not have not been reduced by technology. And actually, that's one of the things I was going to mention around, um, you know, the modern working parent challenges. What one of the reasons is that you know, twenty four seven, we're connected to work through our devices. So our ability to continually stay connected to work is literally only a, a touch button away. Um, so that means we have to be much more disciplined as individuals around how we're going to engage with work at home and, and, and at work. And, you know, how do we make sure that, you know, we start to think about some of those, and that's what I mean about coming back to priorities and focus and what's really important, um, to ensure that we create the time and space that is needed. Now, if we do that, you know, then we can have a better control on our work-life hours, our working hours. But at the moment, um, the research would suggest that, you no, know, in fact, Working hours are not better than they were, you know, ten years ago. We're actually working longer hours. Um, but I think if we go to Sweden, I do think even though Sweden has a good system, mm. you're going to go and study it and yes. sort of find out how how how, do, how does it work. But mm. I find that a lot of parents are also struggling there. It's also yes. even though that they get because the first yeah. this kind of parental leave that they get, I think it's what, 480 days they get. Yes. But that's it at the early years, and then later on, they both work full time. They got to go shopping. They got to, but then the kids picked up from school, or they can walk home. But they're also sort of having a sort of hard time. It's tough today to be because a lot of us have probably moved away from grandparents looking after the kids, mm-hmm. helping out, cooking dinners here and there. So it'll be interesting to see. But what are you hoping to sort of find out when you go over to Sweden? Yes, so that's great. Yeah, the reason we're going specifically to Sweden is to actually interview. Um, not only fathers, but organisations, so human resource people and other executives and organisations, to really understand the impact around um, paid parental leave and how how does it work if if you've got someone off for four hundred and eighty days, um, you know how does the organisation manage? What are the kind of systems and and um, programs, if you like, that they've put in place to help make that a workable system? Because one of the arguments. Um, that's often put up by opponents to a more um, beneficial paid parental leave scheme in, in, in Australia is that it just wouldn't work. The economy wouldn't be able to manage a more generous system. So to go to Sweden to really listen and learn and understand how they actually make it work in organisations, I think it's a really important case study to bring back to Australia to understand. Um, but it's also about not just understanding what works, also understanding what doesn't work. You know, what are the challenges that you you, you quite rightly put out, you know, have expressed? Um, Sweden would acknowledge that it isn't all perfect. So, you know, what are the things that don't work that, in fact, um, you are working on as, an, as a country to improve? 
um, and have an exchange of ideas around how we might um, really start to create a more family-friendly you know, workplace for, for um, future generations, really, um, both here and, and globally. So this is, um, whilst it's a study between Sydney and or Australia and Sweden, it is um, also, I think, a great um, you know, research that can be actually used across um, other countries to, to understand what they can be doing. So really, at Parents at Work, that's primarily why we exist. You know, that's our mission, to create family-friendly workplaces of the future. And so Sweden, I think, and studying what you do there and what works and what doesn't is a really great um, opportunity to, you know, um, lift that mission. Mm. And what about yourself? You have three children. Mm-hmm. You said you have two uh, twins, 11 year o- years old, mm-hmm. and you have one daughter who's turning seven. So, yes. So how do you and your husband work full time? Yes. Do you work full time or yes. how do you juggle it? Yes. Like every um, household that I know that has two working parents, it's tough. You know, um, we have good days and we have bad days. Um, my husband and I travel regularly for work as well. Um, we don't have any immediate grandparents that live in um, Sydney or, or in fact Australia. We have so very small um, reach of relatives here. So that's meant that we've had to, as a couple, really come together to, to work together it's on how we're going to do this, mm-hmm. you know. And it's not about... Um, it, we've had to do that on two levels. One, how can we support each other's careers, you know, and we know the important things that need to happen with work and how can we support each other in that and prioritise those things that are important but also from a family perspective, um, really get clear on sharing the, um, the load. And by that I mean not just the general load in the household around who's going to do the washing and who's going to do the cooking. I- I'm thinking more at a more emotional level, I guess. You know, how do we actually, what's the tone we want to set for our children? And, you know, what is important to us around our parenting? And how do we support each other in that? And I've got to say that every week <laughs> we have to look and we have to have that conversation um, because our, you know our children are growing and yeah. and we have to respond to their different and changing needs. And but at the end of the day, uh, I guess one of the fortunate things about having twins and having twins first is that my husband really was very hands on from day one, and he had one baby. Yeah, I had one baby, and. Um, and it's interesting because we really had to learn from we learned from each other from day one of parenting. So he had did he, he swaps twins? Yes, did we did. And he would. Uh, we, I remember on about uh, day eight or something like that, they were born. Turning to my husband, saying, "Oh, do you think I've got this burping right? And do you think I'm doing this right?" And him going, "Well, I I try this, try this. This this works quite well for me." And the irony wasn't lost on me that I was getting parenting advice from my husband. Um, and, and absolutely, he, he, because he was there in the thick of it, doing it with me. And so, I, and I look back now and I think that was, you know, a very significant and poignant moment because had he not, and I wonder whether it would be different had we only had one baby first. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I do think that that really set the tone for how we were going to parent from there on in. Mm-hmm. So you were lucky getting to <laughs> That's it. <laughs> So I would also just finally uh, like to ask you about uh, this Swedish dads. We have this mm-hmm. uh, fantastic Swedish photographer, mm-hmm. uh, Johan, I think his name is. Yes. Bevman, Bevman. And he has he's taking photos of Swedish dads when they're in action. They're hoovering yeah. and having a child on the back and they're playing 
Cubby House is inside, and you're mm. involved in this. So yes. why are you? In, why did you choose to get involved well, in Swedish dance? Well, actually, there's a good little story. You know, one of my colleagues that works with me went to Malmo in Sweden last year, and she saw the Swedish dance photography exhibition there. And uh, then fast forward to earlier this year, we were having a conversation around. How can we get dads more involved in parental leave? You know, how can we better support as an organisation dads? Because we knew we were supporting mums really well. The our feedback showed us that, but we were really noticing that we weren't um, as engaged with fathers as much as we wanted to be. So we started having this conversation around what could we do? And uh, my colleague said to me, you know what, let's see if we can get the exhibition out from Sweden, this Swedish dads exhibition, and maybe... That would be a really clever way to start a conversation around how do we um, highlight the important role of fathers caring for their children. So that's really where the idea came about. Yeah, so fast forward, we've had a few phone calls um, and the Swedish um, embassy, the embassy of Sweden and the Swedish Institute were on board straight away and they said, yes, let's do this. So um, the exhibition starts on the 5th of September in Sydney. Um, in the Barangaroo precinct of Sydney, which is one of the newest developments in Sydney. Um, and we've done it and we've collaborated with uh, a lot of the main precinct businesses that operate in Barangaroo. And those precinct partners have really helped um, collaborate to, again, share this message. How can we shine a light on the needs of working fathers? How do we break down stereotypes that dads should and can be involved in you know, raising their children Um, having the time off that they need um, to engage meaningfully in their children's lives um, and not have that be a career disenabler, essentially, because the research suggests that men still feel very um, discriminated against when it comes to being able to equally engage with parenthood as they do with their careers. And we're looking to shift that through having this exhibition go on um, in the heart of actually business land as opposed to Um, an art gallery perhaps thank you very much Emma it's been great talking to you and have a great trip to Sweden thanks very much we're looking forward to it